Hello, awesome people. Welcome to Embrace the Pivot. I'm Dr. C. Robinson, your host for the show. Join me as we discover what pivoting actually means and how you can embrace your pivot during life's transition. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I hope you are all doing well. All I have to say is, wow, it has been an incredible year so far with layoffs. And I don't mean incredible in a good way. I mean incredible like in an, oh, wow, this sucks type of way. When this happens and you're not prepared for it or you're not expecting it, Pivoting can be harder. It puts you in a place of, well, why was I laid off, but my coworker wasn't? Am I capable of doing anything else? Are my skills transferable? Yes, they are. They 100% are. You just have to spin your story and focus on what you are really, really good at and the value that you bring to the table. So many people focus on their past and they don't realize that by doing that, people get bored or people are like, okay, great. You did this 10 years ago. What have you currently done? What are you doing now? What do you want to work on? What can you bring to the table to make my company better? So focus on that aspect and you're going to be in a better situation or you're going to be able to position yourself better. And additionally, a lot of people are starting to consult, which is fantastic. A couple years ago, there was a study done and it said by 2030, 80% of the workforce is going to be freelance. So if you can, if you were laid off, I am so sorry to hear that. I do see an opportunity for you. I do see how consulting might be a better situation. And with consulting, yes, you have to hustle your butt off in the beginning, but then you get to make up your own schedule. And that's why so many people want to start their own companies, want to consult because it gives you back your schedule, gives you back your time where you control that and no one else can. My guest today, Chloe Gottlieb, she was unfortunately laid off and she is now realizing the value that she has, the value that she brings to the table and she's starting to consult And she is utilizing all of her skills to build out her consulting firm. A little bit more about Chloe. She's a renowned leader in the fields of leadership coaching and UX consulting. With over 20 years of experience in executive UX leadership and digital product design, and we get into that in our discussion, Chloe has a unique approach to helping individuals, teams, and businesses reach their full potential. Her career includes chapters as the product design director of Google Shopping, of Google Workspace, and as the co-chief creative officer at RGA. She has partnered with major brands such as Nike and Samsung. She is so innovative. She's so creative. I can't wait for you to hear her story of how she had no idea that she was going to be laid off. 
during the tech layoffs and she decided it was time for her to take the leap, believe in herself and start consulting. And it's amazing. I'm so looking for you to hearing her story. Everyone, please welcome Chloe. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I am so excited to have you on today's episode because you have worked with some of the top brands in the world. And uh, now you're a leadership coach. It is just so fat. I'm so fascinated to hear your story. But can you start with what was one of your biggest career pivots that got you to where you are today? Great question. Um, my, my career really has been a series of pivots from international education to design, from working in advertising to moving over to big tech. But really the largest pivot was the recent one. Um, through force change during the tech layoffs, I pivoted from being a design leader to starting my own company as a full-time leadership coach and UX strategy consultant. And no, while no one wants to get laid off, everyone's experience of it is very unique. Um, for me, really, it was an opportunity to take a leap into the unknown and into my purpose, a leap that I had been contemplating but wasn't quite brave <laughs> enough at the time to make um, voluntarily, so to speak. If you don't mind talking or if you can just talk about it, just curious, did you know that the layoffs were coming or was it just a total shock and then you had to pivot your whole mindset of, okay, this just happened. Now what am I going to do? It's interesting. I, I did not know the layoffs were coming. However, prior to the layoffs in the spring of this year, I had a wake up call on a personal level and had started to look at my career with new eyes and started to contemplate and question a pivot towards moving from being what I call purpose adjacent to truly in my purpose. I think when I say purpose adjacent, I had been a manager and a leader who was always a coach as part of my job, but I really started to contemplate what it would mean to be a coach and a leader who coaches individuals and teams and companies full-time as my entire role. I had not yet taken the leap to starting my own company, but you could say I was between things. I had already talked to my manager about moving to do more coaching full-time at the Mm. company. When the layoff came, I think I had already begun the process of shedding my identity after 20 plus years as a design leader and a manager of large teams. I had already started to grapple and struggle with the question of who am I, if not a leader, who am I, if not a person at this company, who am I without my team, who am I without the badge, without the recognition as I had built up over a career. And when the layoff came, I had already been in that process. So for me, it was a pretty fast and clear pivot. There wasn't even a question of looking for another role at a company. When the layoff came, it was my invitation to take a leap into the unknown and to bet on myself. It really just accelerated your process for you. (laughs) It was a powerful accelerant in my journey (laughs) of my pivot. Yeah. (laughs) 
If you could talk a little bit about what is a design leader? So designers are really creative and we are the advocates for users. So anytime a company is creating a product or an experience for a group of people, the designers through series of questions, research, you know, creative interface sketching, we stand for the user and the experience so that whatever is being created, it has ease of use, has great design, is helpful, can help them solve problems. And examples of great design in the world that I can think of um, are many. You know, I got to work on Google Docs and that was an example of an amazing collaborative tool for productivity. Somebody had made a powerful decision to add a comment to a shared doc and that small decision through the design product and engineering team working together created one of the first opportunities for people to collaborate remotely. And those types of tools really helped us keep going during the pandemic. And there's many ideas like this. I remember when Amazon Prime first launched and how before then it had taken 10 minutes to order something online and suddenly with the click of one button, you could check out. And for a busy mom like me, that was a huge transformation. So these are these are examples of how user-centered design can really um, help people in their lives day to day. Design leader is quite an amazing opportunity because you really sit at the intersection of creativity, business, and people. A lot of the design process is pulling creativity from the unknown, but applying it to real user needs and business constraints. And so what I loved about it, I was always creative, but I wouldn't say I was an artist. I love the pressure and clarity that came from having constraints in the business that I, or problems in the business that I had to solve through design. And I think that for me has been such a fulfilling career because it's a combination of right and left brain thinking, which is where I love to be. And that's the hardest to operate out of, right? Because a lot of people, you're way more dominant on one versus the other. So the ability to sort of have a good balance of that, that's incredible. So, all right, how do you, with that balance of working in the left brain, right brain sphere, how does that help you as a leadership coach? How are you able to communicate to people, like, here's where you are, now here's how to get to where you want to be? I love that. I think in terms of the the creativity piece, I have, since the layoff, been learning to get much much more comfortable being uncomfortable and getting more ease in the unknown because building a business is all new for me. I've always worked for companies for the last you know, 23 years. And this has been really valuable as I stand for other people's breakthroughs. I'm feeling extremely creative. I have a lot of ideas for this company, um, working with people and companies, but also developing products for human potential. And through my own process of blocking time and creating space for my own creativity, that is definitely helping me understand other people's blocks in their creativity. But I would say the combination of left and right brain is that there's a practicality to coaching. Coaching absolutely is about, you know, partnering with people to 
get out of their own ways and express their fullest potential. But that can only happen through insights and actions. So I'm actually bringing a very systematic design approach to the coaching with mm. tools and practices that my clients and I work on together so that they absolutely get the insights and at the same time have very clear goals to move their plans forward. So I would say the biggest power of working with a coach is it's an accelerator and added power to achieving the goals that you already have. You've worked with a lot of top brands. What are you taking from them that is going to help accelerate your business now? One of the most powerful things that I've learned in working with not just top brands in the world, but top leaders is the idea of standing in the future ability of an idea. And what I mean by that is most of us look at the future from today and make incremental changes to big ideas or big leaps in ourselves, our lives, and our companies. What I'm really inspired by and having worked with some of the world's most inspiring brands and leaders is their ability to take a leap into visualizing something in the future that doesn't exist and to work backwards. So instead of going from today forward, they're working from the future backwards. And through that, they are actually able to take more powerful decisions and choices and potentially risks along the way. They are already standing in that idea as if it already happened, whereas the rest of us will be like, oh, that's impossible. They're already there. And so that is the thing that I'm applying in my own business and with my clients. How do we actually make a leap, a quantum leap into the future version of yourself or your idea or your project or your product, whatever it is, as if it already happened and then design the actions and milestones from today forward. I love that. I absolutely love that. So as a writer, I was part of this writing group. And one of the prompts was we had to start with the very last sentence of the book that we wanted to write. Mm. And then we had to write it backwards And I found that fascinating because you're always taught, start here and then move forward. But in order to pivot your mindset or your perception, you have to be at the end first, like you said, and then it's the working, the backwards, and then the forward. So I I love that. Thank you you so much for sharing. You don't get to skip. Right. (laughs) And at the same time, you borrow power from the future. Mm -hmm. It becomes fuel for the present. One really fun thing many companies do is have their creative teams write a press release. So when you pitch an idea before you've even started to design it or code it or build it, you're already writing the headline for the idea as if it already happened. So if it were to appear in this publication in six months from now, what would the press be saying about this product launch? It's also a way of testing the idea because if you step into the future, you can also start to imagine, would this be press worthy? Would this be something that people would love? Is it something that people need? Does it solve a big problem? So 
there's it's a it's a really fun exercise in an area that I'm very interested in and curious about. What would you say is one of your biggest challenges that you're facing with your company and how are you developing that mindset to keep moving forward? I think the biggest challenge, and this is also talking to, I've probably talked to between 50 and 100 people now who have experienced, you know, layoffs this year and are, there's a lot of different aspects to the experience of going through a forced change like this. You know, some of it is a loss of confidence and identity and just starting to have to generate that from within because we spend so much time in our jobs. We get so much of our value and kind of sense of who we are through the work that we do. So there's this period that you go through where you kind of for a little while or however long it lasts feel like you don't know who you are. And then what starts to emerge is, oh, if I take away all these things, the badge, the title, the money, the, the team, the tools, the, the files, I'm just Chloe or, you know, whoever you are, you, and that's, that's a gift. And I think through my mindfulness practice, that's been something that has been challenging and it comes in waves. There's mornings where I wake up and I really miss my team. (laughs) I get a little emotional because I'm like, I want to go to work and see my team today and they're not there Um, or they are there, but you know, I'm now doing my own thing. And so I would say that that's really the journey is going within and finding that the value and the knowledge and the experience and the creativity is all within us. And there is strength in that. I'm finding as scary as it is, a lot of strength in knowing that from today forward, I will never be rocked by a layoff again because Mm -hmm. I stand in my ability and my attributes and my skills and my knowledge and nobody can take that away from me. And that's something I hope for everyone going through forced changes or contemplating career changes is to really get quiet because the inner work, that space just to be with ourselves or just to be, I've heard you talk about in your podcast. I love the meditation of like, just be, it's actually very hard for us, especially leaders like myself who are so wired to work so hard, (laughs) worked and ran for so many years. And when the, pause comes, it can be very, very challenging. So, you know, I would say I would share with people is constantly be on that journey of questioning, you know, what am I doing? Is it aligned with my purpose? Is it what I want to be doing? How do I remember the gift that I am, you know, just myself without all of the external signifiers? And that kind of constant journey is very helpful so that we're always prepared for these changes if they happen. Yeah. In it is, we're so used to being on the go. And I really hate the word busy. I always try to eliminate that from my vocabulary. But when you are still and you have those quiet moments, a lot of people don't know what to do with themselves because (laughs) they don't have it. And I think it's wonderful that you're able to take that time to just be, to figure out who you are without that badge, the title, the pay, the company. And I recently wrote an article about the loss of identity and the people I talked to. That's been the biggest thing. It's do I want to leave when I have all of this? This is who I'm known as. 
or do I want to rebrand myself? And a lot of people struggle with that. To be very transparent, I don't know that I could have left the job. I, I, I think I was contemplating it. I don't know that I could have done it without that forced change. And now that I'm on the other side of that pivot, I'm so grateful that being purpose adjacent to coaching was not, is not the same as focusing fully on coaching and focusing fully on coaching is so amazing. And it gives me so much joy. It's literally work that doesn't feel like work. That's awesome. And so I look back at that person that couldn't leave and I'm empathetic to her because I understand why she, she was invested in her team. She was invested in her career that she had built. And yet on the other side is all this possibility and wonder that I didn't even know was there. I think I had an idea, but you know, and for everyone, this is different. I'm not saying everyone should quit their job and start a company by any means, but I do challenge people. If you are purpose adjacent and you're, you're very clear on what being in one's purpose, what your purpose would be. It is a lifelong journey and timing matters. And, you know, it's different for everyone at the same time. I do think there's ways to experiment, getting comfortable being in that unknown and trying new things to get closer and closer to being fully in your purpose, in your work. Um, back to your, your point about how hard it is to do nothing. There was two books that helped me that I wanted to share. One is funnily enough called how to do nothing by Jenny O'Dell and Rebecca Gibell. I don't know if that's how you pronounce their names, but I really love that. Um, called resisting the attention economy. And the other one is called mm. do pause. You are not a to-do list by Robert Poyton. Oh, <laughs> both of these to... books really helped me unwind my busy, busy mode and yeah. just enjoy slowing down and taking more pauses. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I'm going to check those out because we are mm -hmm. in the attention economy right now where you, people just do anything to have eyes on them or ears on them. So thank you for sharing. What would be the biggest piece of advice you'd share to help make someone else's pivot successful? I think um, it goes back to what I was saying about knowing that it's a journey, that a career is a journey, that finding your purpose is a journey. I think that there's a lot of power in small actions. And so what I talk about with my clients is how do you start to follow your passions? Even if it means choosing small moments and activities every day that make you feel the most alive and give you the most joy, those are like breadcrumbs into your future self. So sometimes we're not ready for big changes. Um, sometimes we are. Regardless, there's powerful things we can do in small choices in the everyday to start to get comfortable being in the unknown and going outside of our comfort zone. One of the key things that I've learned through coaching and leading is that most of us are in our comfort zone most of the time. So getting into the practice of moving yourself out of your comfort zone on a regular basis can actually do wonders for moving towards a more fulfilling career. And that means different things for everyone, but each of you will know when you hear it and feel it, what it means to move out of your comfort zone. 
and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be with work you could experiment with moving out of your comfort zone with you know hobbies and and passions it's a practice that will serve you for all of these um, kind of aspects of finding the most fulfilling career path. Where can my listeners find you on social media? Sure. Thank you so much. My company is very new. So I would say I'm still working on social media. Um, For now, people can find me on my website at designmeco.com. And my name is Chloe Gottlieb. So you can also look me up on LinkedIn. And I thank you so much for the great conversation and look forward to hearing from everyone. Yeah. And I'm going to drop the links in the description so people can find you easily. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed our conversation as well. Thanks, Cheryl. I appreciate it. You can follow me, Dr. C, on Instagram at Embrace the Pivot. I hope all of you embrace your pivot.